Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sylvia F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Tuesday, March 21st, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 17. There is a solution and we're going to start with the first paragraph. We'll get through two paragraphs today. Today's readers are 12 Steps is Sherry KB. The 12 Traditions is Camille G. Our readers are John K, Karen T, and Janice M. Our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. The reference number for, um, for Monday is... For the Tuesday, uh, I mean, for the Monday meeting, 10 o'clock is 9742-9742. This morning's meeting at 7 a.m. in East Coast is 9746-9746. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sherry KB to read the 12 steps. Sherry, start one. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry. A.B. in Northern California, great really covered compulsive. I read and be heard. Yes, you're a little soft if you could speak up. Okay. <clears throat> um, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we are wrong, promptly admit it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you. If I could remind everybody to, if, uh, to please stay muted 
Um, I will now ask Camille G. to read the 12 traditions. Camille, star one, please. Hi, can you I can hear that, Sylvia. Oh, there she is. Oh, oh okay. good. Thank, Thank you. you. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has, has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And lastly, 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Camille G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requires requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 17. It's the first paragraph, and I will ask John Kay to begin reading. John? Good morning. Uh, thank you, Sylvia. Thanks, Team Tuesday. My name is John Kiernan. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Los Angeles. Chapter 2, There Is a Solution. We of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. Well, that's uh, an important thing for somebody who's new and newcomers and people who were 
reading this the first time, even back in uh, the end of the 30s, uh, that there is a solution and that there is recovery to be had. You know, um, it takes the reader who is trying to get better, uh, having just read Bill's story and gotten a perfect example in a way of, of the 12th step. Uh, I was taught in my other first program about going on 12-step calls is you go to a person, you know, if you go to somebody's house and uh, you don't lecture to them. You just tell them your story and see if they can identify, which is um, one of the wonderful things about this because, you know, Bill Bill gives you the idea of the beginning of, of the first step. The first step obviously goes through for a few chapters here, but it gives you a chance to hear the story. You hear all those things that Bill talked about you know, the, the absolute cutting and baffling part of this disease, no matter how smart he was, no matter how much he thought he then understood about the disease, he still found himself, you know, beating on the bar, asking how it had happened again. Well, you know, that's what uh, the great thing, the, to me, the revolutionary thing that happened when the 12 steps started was we changed how one person talk to another in in the early days and it's actually happened of course with us too people who tried to help were all sort of wagging their finger here's what you should do you you know you have such a nice face if only you lost weight why don't you just eat less all these things that you just want to slap somebody of course i know i should eat less <laughs> all these crazy things but it's about what it's not about it's, there's also something about before that, whether it's alcoholism or compulsive eater, there is an implicit level. This person knows better than you because they don't have your problem. They're going to tell you what you should do, you poor, uh, you poor compulsive eater. But the great thing about 12 steps is we come in and we are, we are all equal. And instead of saying, this is what you should do, you hear, this is what we did. If you want what we have, you do what we do. And that's certainly one of the things I loved when I came into my first 12-step meeting. I also loved the fact that they didn't charge money. Now, that's not because I'm cheap, which I can be too, but it's the fact I knew there was no ulterior motive. Nobody was trying to make money off me, and God knows all the other things I tried to lose weight had, had opening my wallet involved in that. And... The other thing that this thing then says is, you know, there is a solution, meaning, okay, you've come in, hopefully you've identified with what Bill had to say. Now let's pivot because the solution is in the big book, the solution is in the steps. The sol you know, one of the things, I've read this book a lot, there's very little about, hey, come on in, sit down and tell me about your problems. You know, give me group therapy. It's about pivot. Let's get into the steps because nothing changes, nothing changes. And the steps are where you will make changes. And that's where you need to go. And that's where this first paragraph perfectly pivots. Okay, hopefully you've identified what Bill had to say. You can see you're one of us. You come to meetings also and you'll hear a speaker and you'll go, wow, I did that. I did that. And that's great. But then the key is to pivot. Not to just come and talk about your problems, but to pivot into the steps because that's where the change happens and that's where the recovery still happens. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, John. Okay. I'm going to open the meeting for sharing now and um, uh, remind you that we'll do three-minute uh, shares and I will give you a gentle reminder by saying time if you go over. And who would like to share? This is Janice M. 
I've got Janice M. Gina R. Leslie W. Kathleen O. Kathleen O. This is also civilized. Do I have anything okay. else? Carol K. Okay, that sounds like a good group to start with. So we're going to start with Janice M, Gina R, Leslie W, Kathleen O, and Carol K. And if you're not speaking, please mute Janice M, followed by Gina. Well, good morning to you, Sylvia, and everyone. My name is Janice M, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Oh, what a, you know, very small paragraph, but very, a lot of gifts in here. If you're a newcomer, to just soak it up. Um, There is a solution, a solution. Well, I found out that there is only one solution for me, but we're not saying that there could be some other solutions for you, but I came in here desperate. And I tried all kinds of solutions for many decades, and I could never get it. I could never get a way out of my problem of the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. Yeah, I could put down the food many times, but it's that obsession. I couldn't stay stopped. Now it says we. First of all, solution. Solution. What's a solution? A solving of my problem. But it's not just solving. It's been solved. That's what it says. Well, what does that mean to me? Um, In the word recovered, the solution is to have a spiritual awakening to be recovered for one day, not cured. A lot of people say, I never heard of such a thing to be recovered. Well, yeah, this is what the book tells us. Forward to the first edition. You know, we are recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, which means for one day, you know, through these steps, through this book, not through the fellowship alone, but through this book and the fellowship, I have recovered, which means I do not have that, that desire that, I mean, I might have the desire, but I don't have that, that push to go and pick up and start the allergy. We of Alcoholics Anonymous, it doesn't say me. If you turn we upside down, it becomes me. Well, you know, this was written in 1939, and this is their experience, that they were once as hopeless as Bill. So I come in and I read this, and I say, was I as hopeless as Bill? Yes, Chuck. So they nearly all have recovered. They have solved the problem. We know what the problem was because, uh, uh, and still is, it will always be the problem, um, but it's solved. It's a solution, something that's solved is solved. It's not solving. So it's just a wonderful paragraph, a small paragraph, little, little packages have great gifts. It's telling us, you know, that we have solved the problem. What hope here? And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Gina R. followed by Leslie. Gina? Good morning, Sylvia. Thank you so much for your service and everybody else on the line. This is Gina R. Recovered in Colorado. And um, Janice um, basically said what I was, what's on my mind and heart this morning, and that is that when you turn 
me upside down, you get we. But what happened for me when I was going through this page last June, again, my sponsor asked me to notice the we's on this page, and I think there's five. And I was really trying to pay attention. I was maybe a couple weeks out of the food, so I was having some mental clarity. And what came to me was, yes, when when you turn me upside down, you get we. And I had to start wrestling with the decision as to whether or not I was really willing to turn myself upside down. And when I was looking at the letter M turning into a W, I could see how the M is closed off. The tops of the letter are closed off. Everything is open to the bottom. And that's when I felt like I was just bottoming out every day. When that M turns into the W, it's open. It's an open letter. And that's how I saw myself. I saw myself with my hands in the air, and I actually was resembling a W. And I was open, and I was part of the we. I was part of the they. And somehow, and I just feel emotional right now, through a power that is not me, it is not me. It is the we, and it is God, and it is my conception of my higher power. And I'm learning more and more every day how to recognize when I am getting in my own way when I am relying on myself again, when I am getting caught up in old beliefs and character defects that don't serve me anymore, and reaching out and risking calling somebody and just saying, I'm struggling again, and it's okay. So I am very, very grateful that this tiny paragraph is here. It is very powerful, and again, for the newcomers, if if you don't think you can do this yourself, you are absolutely right. You just need to set aside that idea, turn yourself upside down, open yourself up, and just let us pour into you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Gina. Leslie W. followed by Kathleen O. Leslie? Hi, this is Leslie W. Recovered in Tennessee. Can I be heard? Yes. Go ahead. Thank you so much for your service today. Um, Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. You know, for me, um, I've I've been recovered since October. um, And uh, I I never really saw the word recovered in the big book. Um, I never noticed it. It wasn't until... I started listening to the vision meetings that I heard people qualify as a recovered compulsive overeater. And that literally, those three words changed the trajectory of my eating, um, of my program, of my eating disorder and of my, of my compulsive overeating. It changed everything for me. Um, and because I've been in the rooms for seven years. Um, I've been recovering, or so I thought, for a while. 
and uh, I did not have that obsession lifted. I, at least, not consistently. I'd have it in periods of here and there, but you know, six months here, a year there, and then life would happen. You know, um, I share on the line a lot about being a mom and and having little kids and trying to work this program around all the challenge the challenges that that life brings so life would happen and i would get sick or the kids would get sick or um uh you know whatever it may be um and i would relapse um because i didn't have because i wasn't recovered um i didn't have a workable solution I wasn't living in steps 10, 11, and 12 every day. I wasn't carrying the message. I didn't know how. It, You know, I really had to learn by listening on this line and talking to other recovered compulsive overeaters that I had to learn how to actually do it. I mean, you hear work the steps. You hear... I'm living in 10, 11, and 12. Well, what does that mean? It's action, you know? Um, And I am so grateful, you know? And I know people say that word a lot, grateful, but truly, I am am so incredibly grateful that, that I feel like I've finally not arrived, but gotten to a place where I can manage, you know, life is manageable again. Um, And I'm not running to the food. And that, to me, is is just a miracle to where my life was before um, and to where my life is now. And it's all because of these steps and God doing for me what I could not do. It's all because of the people on this vision line. You know, and, and I, I am I am just time. so thankful. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leslie. Kathleen O, followed by Carol Kay. Good morning. Thank you. Kathleen O, Recovered in California. So this is a small but very powerful paragraph. Uh, you know, more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. If, you know, I I love this, there is a solution. It's not there might be a solution, this could possibly be a solution. There is a solution. This is a miracle not to be missed. Frothy emotional appeal. I went on dozens of diets prior to finding 12-step, and nothing worked. Nothing worked. And so to come into these rooms and hear that, hey, this will work. All you have to do is take the action, follow the directions. They're laid out. They're simple, not always easy, but they're very simple directions. All I had to do was follow them, and I would no longer fight anyone or anything, including the food. That is a miracle. You know, the way I thought, the way I felt, the way I behaved, not only around the food, but just in life in general, and to have that psychic change where I don't have to control anymore, um, I can come from love and, and um, I can comfort, understand, and love rather than look for love, be understood, be comforted. It's so much nicer to be able to give than get. And 
and to not fight the food, I can't believe that I can go places and see food that used to call to me and, and really just be so neutral around it and not even want it. I never thought that would happen. You know, that's like um, someone having a terminal disease and, um, and someone coming up with a miracle cure. And, and we're not cured, we're recovered a day at a time as long as we, you know, as long as I continue to work these steps, live in 10, 11, and 12, do service. Um, it's just, it really is a miracle not to be missed. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. Oh, we have Carol Kay. Carol? Hi, this one. is Carol Kay. Hello. Hi, can I be heard? Hi, this yes. is Carol Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from New Jersey. Um, I, wow, powerful, tiny little paragraph here. Um, you know, uh, as hopeless as Bill. Um, I was once as hopeless as Bill when I came into this program, you know. And, um, you know, because I always did the diet thing. I didn't know anything about this program. I, I, you know, I have alcoholics in the family, never knew that you could use this with food. I, I just never put two and two together. Anyhow, I'm just so grateful that somebody gave me this book and showed me this program. And um, it says, Neely, you all have recovered. Big, huge promise. This, this is one of many promises in this book. And, you know, as a newcomer, when I first came in, you know, it raised my eyelids. I was wondering, I was curious. I, there was a lot of different feelings going through me, but that, 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 that gave me hope. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. And, you know, the way I solved the drink problem, and I, I can only speak for myself, um, my own journey, was I got a sponsor in A Vision for You, got a sponsor. She read the book with me, went through the steps, and, and there's the solution right there. That's how the problem was solved, the steps. Step one, I had to admit, the first thing I had to admit, I was powerless over food. And that was really easy because I can't, I can't eat one cookie. I can't eat one donut. Heck no. One turns into the whole box. I don't finish till it's empty. And if there's another box, I'm going to hit that too. So, um, so, you know, what I'm saying here is for me, you know, and, and like I said, I can only speak for myself, is, you know, that it was a mental twist and then the physical allergy. And I no longer have to live like that. I don't have to suffer in this disease anymore because I had a sponsor who took me through these 12 steps. And these 12 steps are the solutions. Step one, I had to admit I was powerless over food. Two, that I wasn't God. But there was one, and it wasn't me. And then step three is I gave myself to God. I had to give my entire self to God or higher power, whatever you want to call it, and it's the God of my own understanding. Because when I first came in, I didn't even want to hear the word God. But today, I realize it's okay. It's the God of my own understanding. And um, look, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I say it all the time. This book, these 12 steps, this fellowship has saved my life. And for that, I'm grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Carol Kay. Do we have anyone else who would like to share on this first paragraph on page 17 before we go on to the next paragraph? Penny C. Penny C. Deborah R. Deborah R. Okay, let's do the two of you. I'm gonna slide in behind you, I think, and then we'll go on to the next paragraph. Go ahead, Penny C. Hi, thank you, Sylvia. Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater living in the Boston area. 
Uh, yeah, we know many, many people, thousands of people who have recovered from alcoholism or compulsive overeating. But what this paragraph says to me is that I can tell someone to read all about these other people and they may read the stories in the back of the book and say, oh, that's very nice. And these people are elusive maybe to some of the readers. But how much responsibility I have as a recovered person to tell my story, to let them see somebody in the flesh who has recovered, who can, you know, one-on-one or maybe in front of a group of people, tell my story and and have them witness what I'm saying and see who I am and and not only the recovery I have physically, but the recovery that I have spiritually and emotionally. Uh, one sponsee I got uh, who asked me to take her through the steps in my face-to-face meeting called me a few days after a business meeting where there had been an issue and it was pretty, you know, it was hotly contended one way or another what we, the decision was going to be. And, um, and, and, and it, there was one woman who was pretty, pretty adamant that, you know, it was going to be the way she wanted it. And I felt differently. But I just was able to do what I'd been taught, that, you know, I go along with whatever the group wants, and I don't have to have my own way anymore. And so this this sponsee, who woman that became my sponsee, called me, and she said, "I want what you have, and it's not the weight loss; it's the way you reacted in that face-to-face meeting after the business meeting. You went over and gave that other woman a hug and told her you loved her." And I said, "Well, I did that because it was true." And she said, "That's what I want. I want to live like that." So. Again, you know, this paragraph says to me, I'm one of those thousands of men and women, and and I need to take that responsibility of, you know, sharing my story as often as I can with people who, you know, can see and hear, maybe not see on the phone, but hear and and know there's one person whose story, who who they know and can can believe that their story is true and that they can recover with the help of their higher power. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny C. Deborah R. Star one, do unmute. Yes, that's star one is handy. Hi, (laughs) good morning. This is Deborah R. from Michigan. And um, just welcome all visionaries. And uh, new people, um, you're the newcomer, you're the most important person there. And somebody was there for me 34 years ago. Um, And these are some of the, one of my favorite paragraphs to to bring um, sponsees to. We, all the Alcoholics Anonymous, are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And just point out that, you know, right up front, before we even get into the doctor's opinion or anywhere, here's our first clue, a little foreshadowing that it's a twofold diseased state of mind and the body. And given my heads up that um, about the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind. And 
I do emphasize that they have recovered ED. There's a hundred of them, and they didn't go out and um, think about it, write some guidelines down, and then practice them, and then, well, it worked. They worked it first. Um, they put their hearts and souls into something very simple. That's the Oxford group. But there's six steps, uh, not 12, and they recovered. And then through that process, the 12 steps were written mainly. Well, the, the 12 steps were written by Bill but in most of the book. But all the 100 contributed it and uh, uh, was a part of the whole process of getting this uh, manual, this textbook together for us. Um, and its main purpose of the book is to show us precisely how they recovered. So what I like to help my sponsees um, and the people I guide understand is that I'm on a bicycle, we're on a tandem bicycle, and you're sitting in the front, and I'm sitting in the back, and I'm going to pedal, and every now and then I might take my feet off the pedals. But I am here just to help stay the course, to rein in. If you see wonderful-looking territory that might have cellophane bags and wrappers and uh, old familiar boxes that I can go, well, you know, can you do that? I mean, do you really want to? And put the responsibility back on them that they know that they can make choices. And if they don't know what to do, I says, you've always got a higher power. That's what this is all about, that you can rely on your higher power. I'm here to guide, but I get to talk to you maybe 15 minutes out of 23 hours a day, 23 hours and 45 minutes. And between the rest of the day, it's between you and your higher power. And that's what these men and women relied on and will be talked about later on about a higher power, their powerlessness and the higher power of which they learn to rely on. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Deborah R. And I'm going to slip in here. This is Sylvia F., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in uh, Northern California. And, you know, I, what I want to say is that there is a solution and a solution to what? And it's, you know, it's that twofold nature of my disease. I have a physical allergy. I have uh, allergic foods. And I have a crazy obsession of the mind. And so here it says, nearly all have recovered. And when I first came into the big book study and I heard this recovered, they'd solved the drink problem. I, you know, I still hear this from my sponsees. They think that somebody's lying because, you know, we've all tried it for so long in program and didn't get that. You know, you heard you take the tiger out of the cage three times a day or, you know, it, acting like food is the enemy. And, you know, for me, food was the solution. It wasn't the enemy. And so um, and so what the big book says is even by uh, the 10-step prayer, it says the promise we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. So my obsession of the mind is, is, uh, is gone one day at a time. Uh, we will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as a hot flame. We react sanely and normally. And it says as long as we are in fit spiritual condition. And that is my experience. So when I worked the steps and I got recovered and, it, you know, I still was going to some face-to-face meetings and it was time to say, 
to identify myself. And I, I had to talk to my sponsor because when I went into a meeting and I said I was a recovered compulsive overeater, I felt like I, it didn't feel humble. It didn't feel like I was in humility. It felt like uh, I was saying I was better than someone else, which is not what we're saying here. We are carrying the message. So, I, you know, with prayer and meditation and, and working on that, finally I came to the point where I realized I understand that when I go into a meeting and I say I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and I, and I say quickly what that means, I am carrying the message. I'm carrying a message of hope that there is a solution. And with that, I will pass and we will go um, this on. This is Leah S. I would like to ask if I, you don't mind if I could share. Um, you know, Leah S., uh, you can do a quick one. We were just going to go on to the next paragraph. Do you want okay, to wait perhaps, for that or do you yeah, want to? Yeah, yeah, I'll wait for that. Yeah. Okay, great. So I'm going to ask Karen T. to go on to um, page 17, the second paragraph. We are average Americans. And read that and share, and then we'll reopen for sharing. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Great. This is Karen T., recovered compulsive reader in Louisiana. We are average Americans. All sections of this country and many of its occupations are represented as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. We are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck, when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, Our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. So again, I'm Karen, a compulsive overeater. Recovered. Um, We are average Americans. You know, when Bill wrote this book, he was thinking it was just going to be United States, just going to be Americans. He had no idea, he had no idea that we would be an international movement and that it would extend to overeaters and all the other addictions that AA has extended to, um, that this book would help so many people. So we are definitely not just Americans anymore. I wanted to affirm that. And then this, we were in a shipwreck and we all got rescued and we all could be rescued. I. I'm thinking of that movie Titanic or just the whole Titanic thing. You know, this sense of, we made it, we made it. And my ship was going down. My, I was doing, I was a shipwreck. I am just so grateful. I used to obsess about food, what I looked like, what I was going to eat yet next, what clothes would fit. What every meal should I, shouldn't I, every time I was confronted with one of my foods that wasn't on my quote-unquote diet for that day, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, yes. Just the chatter in my brain about what I was going to eat and what I was not going to eat was so pervasive. And um, that's all gone. That's all been lifted. It opens up such a huge part of my mind 
for higher power, helping others, contributing to life. It's it's a joyousness. And other people in OA are like this. We have all been set free. We've all been rescued from the ship that was going down. Um, and there's a camaraderie there. I've moved six times since I've been in OA. And one time I moved, I was 22, and we were looking for a place to live with other 22-year-olds. And we found a place with a back lawn that needed to be mowed. And there are other my other roommates were like, we can't mow that. And I said, oh, in a couple months, I'll know someone with a lawnmower who will let us borrow it. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'll be meeting people and they'll be wonderful and I'm sure I can find someone who will let us borrow their lawnmower. And that's true. That's what happened. But, you know, I knew that I was going to find a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding, which was indescribably wonderful. Um, and my friends were really jealous because that's the way OA works. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Karen T. I'm going to open it up for sharing now. And uh, Leah S., if you want to be first on the list, that would be lovely. And who else do I have after Leah S.? Sherry KB. Sherry. Okay. Who else? Carrie, Melanie C. Okay, Melanie, and who, there was someone else there? Carrie K, C A R R I E. Carrie K. I have uh, Sherry, uh, Sherry, then Carrie, then Melanie. And I could probably fit in one more. Okay, well, we'll just go with this for right now. Leah S., if you want to star one, if you'd like to share, and then Sherry KB. Hi, this is Leah S. You hear me now? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Okay, good morning, everybody. This is Leah S., a recovered compulsive overeater from Brooklyn. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. <laughs> um I um, so so we're coming into a solution, and we're coming from Bill's story, from Bill's um, drinking bouts, and from from his yo-yos, from his desperations, from his despairs, from his hopes, and then shattered again, and and we're coming into a solution, and this paragraph is telling me. Uh, in my own um, in my own recovery towards um, towards uh, recovered is that um, it's, it's it has given me so much hope because I am coming from such anger I'm coming from such resentment um, and it is telling me what is keeping me in these rooms basically or even the newcomer because it is describing every possible kind of thing that you have been through 
Um, I once heard Laurie, and he said, "We speak the language of the heart. We don't. We don't uh, criticize. We don't judge. We don't. We don't uh, do anything. We speak the language of the heart. And what is the language of the heart? That I am hurting, and there is a solution for my hurt and for my pain." And I don't have to weigh and measure myself every day because because if I feel good, then I know that I'm doing good. If if I don't feel, and I'm talking about myself, about going on the scale, because I was obsessed about that. And you know what? I didn't have to go on the scale because I saw it. I saw it on my clothes. I saw it on my feeling. I saw how many more blocks I walked. I saw how many more steps I was um, taking um, uh, up, uh, you know, going up to my apartment. I saw how less often I was doing the elevator. <laughs> I saw so many other things. So, yes, this is a solution. And as far as the um, uh, the ship and, and everybody camaraderie, this is, this is it. This is it. The telephone calls and to the people that I don't even know or have never met and meet and speak with them, it's a language of the heart, and I'm able to communicate. And this is following the 12 steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah S. Sherry KB, followed by Carrie K. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thanks for your service, Sylvia. Um, wow, I love this. Um, first thing I think of is that where it says here, um, where am I? Oops, as we go along. Okay, the feeling of having shared common peril in one, is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. So what it's saying is this is just the beginning. Um, we have a common peril. We have the disease of compulsive overeating. That's what binds us together. But that is not enough because the powerful cement that binds us is the steps that in itself would never have held us together as we are joined now. So to me, that means that I'm joined with you in this fellowship because I've worked the 12 steps. I have found a solution, and I want to, the only way to keep the solution is to give it away. And so that's what binds me to all of you. When I was in another food fellowship, I had lost the weight, and I thought I'd arrived. And I thought, I found my answer. Okay, I'm, I'm done now. Everything's okay, right? And, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't okay because I had not gone through all the steps the way I was taken through the steps in this book. And that's where the answer is. This is the cement that joins me with you now uh, better than it ever has before in my life. And I'm just grateful to my higher power. And I just want to comment quickly on the word recovered. If you look at the first edition, it, it, it describes what recovered means. We're, we're recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So I know that what it means for me to be recovered is that my higher power has relieved me of the mental obsession. I had to put down the food, but my higher power relieved me of the mental obsession. And I stay relieved from the mental obsession by staying in this book and working the steps and being of service to others. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sherry KB. Uh, Carrie K. followed by Melanie C. 
Good morning. This is Carrie Kay from Colorado, and I am a very newly recovered compulsive overeater. It's the first time I've ever said those words out loud. Um, the section that, that stands out for me in this paragraph is where they talk about there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. And what comes to my mind is every time I'm in a face-to-face -face meeting, I look around the room and I see such a diverse population. There are men, there are women, there are older people, there are young people, and there are people who struggle with different challenges in their compulsive eating, whether it's bulimia, anorexia, or compulsively overeating their trigger foods. And yet the the camaraderie, the understanding, and the acceptance seems to be universal. And the other phrase that comes to mind is when we say, welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, welcome home. That welcome home just resonates with me every time because that's what I felt the first time that I walked into an OA meeting. And that's what I feel every time I walk into an OA meeting, that no matter what your challenge, whether you're recovered, whether you're relapsed, you are still welcome. And it's very hard to find acceptance like that anywhere else that I can easily think of. To know that you're not judged, that people are there to help you, whether you know them or not, whether they're on the vision call and just a voice or in your face-to-face -face meeting and somebody there to give you a hug. Everyone is out there to help the other person recover and achieve what they have as well. And that acceptance and fellowship is just indescribably helpful and welcoming to me. So to all of us, I say, welcome home, and I pass. Thank you, Carrie Kay. Melanie C. Hi, uh, Sylvia. This is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon. Hi, visionaries. I wanted to focus in on the um, last four lines of the second chap second paragraph. Uh, the feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. One element. But that in, in itself would never have held us together as we now joined. I am um, selfish and self-centered and my disease reduced my world to being just only me for the most part because those that were even living in my home I was kicking back by staying in my bedroom most of the time and become agoraphobic. Um, so when I think about a shipwreck, boy, wouldn't that bring me out of that bedroom quick, you know, to be able to cling to somebody that was right there, right then. And yet it wasn't powerful enough, it wasn't big enough to um, keep me going with that memory, with that expression, with wanting to develop new friendships, um, to always show my gratitude forever and ever and ever and ever. No, it wasn't in me. I, I didn't have that kind of care for another person or, or empathy for another person. The, the disease and myself did that number on me as well. And so when I look at this, I'm breaking it apart. What was the difference? I am joined now at, at the hip with several people that are in this room. Not because I don't have a higher power that's big, because my higher power is very, 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 very big. But coming in here, I was able to join heart to heart for the first time with another person that did the same thing I did with food and walked out of it with their higher power and the 12 steps applied to the disease. 
and they showed me how, and I don't want to miss that. I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose sight of that because something fundamentally different happened as a result of all those functionings. And I can tell you distinctively, and another time I don't have enough here, that what it was like and what it's like today says if I don't maintain this, I'll have what it was like then again. And what replaces that is gratitude, phenomenal amazement, jaw-dropping experiences every single day, even in the face of being weary sometimes and, and pain sometimes. But I keep coming back. I keep coming back because of the solution that we're going to be studying about here and what it's done to a woman like me that came in here mid-century of life, completely, completely spent. I am not in a sinking ship. I am the sinking ship. And I think over and over and over and over again, had it not been for these very specific things in order, me coming here, me being, I had stopped digging, and fellows that were right here to scoop me up and a higher power that stepped in and changed me. And I don't want to leave that behind. And as long as I do these simple things over and over and over again without fail, I get to not be that sinking ship. And I think that's how, it, for me, as best I can in this length of time, describe those few lines down there. Thanks so much, Pass. Thank you, Melanie C. I have time for one more share. Who, who has Anne Marie. Deborah. Anne Marie. We've got it. Okay. Thank you. Uh, this is Anne Marie, and recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina, and so very grateful. This uh, page and the beginning of this chapter gave me so much hope. Um, I had gotten to the point where I just thought, this is as good as it's going to get. You know, I'm going to have a month, if I'm lucky, of uh, abstinence, not recovery, abstinence, and then, um, you know, I might binge for a few days. And um, and then maybe I'd have a couple of days of abstinence and binge another day or two. And that went on for quite a while, a couple of years. Um, but this paragraph, uh, and especially um, uh, we have discovered a common solution. And the next sentence, we have a way out. I didn't think there was any way out. You know, the, I, I felt like I was in a tunnel and there was no light at the end of the tunnel. And I just thought, I just got to do the best I can. And um, this chapter, and this, especially this page, has given me so much hope. And, and I was one of those people um, who started listening um, and heard the word recovered and repelled from it. I thought, who do these people think they are saying that they're recovered? And here I am <laughs> drowning in, in food and uh, judging others. Um, that was my MO, you know, looking at other people and um, seeing what they're doing wrong and seeing, you know, I can do better than that. But I... I could not. We, I found out that I needed to do it with other people. And doing it was the steps. You know, the solution in this sentence, you know, we have um, discovered a common solution, I believe, is the steps. And that was, that was for me, working the steps, not just doing them. You know, I was working them like a student, studying everything, highlighting, taking notes, you name it, I was doing it. But until I actually did the work, um, it, it didn't work for me. I, I didn't find the find the solution, and I was desperate, crying, desperate, and it didn't matter how desperate. It really didn't matter how willing I was. If I wasn't 
actually living the program as described in the pages in this book, there was no way that I was going to um, get or stay abstinent and then eventually get recovered. It's a life beyond my wildest dreams, as other people have also shared. So I'll pass with that, and thank you again, uh, Sylvia, for your service. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Thank you for everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Janice M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. My pleasure, yes. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, pass.